Hello and welcome to the Car Clinic of Potaholics podcast with Glenn Power from Sandan's Tire and myself, James Pikeaway. For the next hour, we're going to be talking about automotive repair, the cars we love, and just general random stuff like Bixby. I don't know how that got into the conversation, but it did right off the top. You're going to love this show. Give it a listen. Let's get to it. <laughs> yeah. I, I asked uh, not serious Bixby on here, right? So yeah. Bixby, I was doing some, just writing something. The other Glenn, day. Glenn Power, by the way. Oh, yeah. So we're talking to Sandance Tires. Hi. <laughs> we're, we're more than just cars, by the way. Oh, it's, yeah. It's, it's a car clinic, but it's, it's everything on your mind everything. clinic. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so you were talking a bit, Bixby, in the car or just on the phone? No, I just, just, well, I actually caught it by accident when I was trying to unlock my phone to go yeah. on to Google search. Yes. So I thought, mm, yeah. okay. So I asked the question I was going to type into Google. And how, who, who writes <laughs> whatever the algorithm is to decide what you've said? Yeah. Because I get adverts on all my websites based on other things I've searched on. It knows everything yeah. about me. Yeah, it follows. Before it, I know sometimes. It follows every yeah, move you make. When we're looking at buying a new mattress for, for uh, and we bought one now for the for the cot, for Alma, a little girl. Yeah, for your baby, okay, right? yeah. I saw an advert for that a couple of weeks ago, <laughs> before I'd even, Yeah. I, and it seems, you know. Well, it, you know, so you're looking at children's stuff, you've looked this, it starts to figure out, oh, hold yeah, on. She hadn't at this point. Oh, okay. And it was like, <laughs> Does it just know because it just photographs knows. on your Google photos? Yeah, well, well, for yeah. sure, for sure. So Everything. Like everything's there, yeah? Yeah. But then I asked a question to Bixby, which was, you know, to be honest, it was just an honest uh, question about the um, where the ID bust of the yeah. Volkswagen van, where yeah. in California it was going to be out yeah. over the next few days. And Bixby came back with something and thought, yeah, I thought I'd said something about cat food. <laughs> I've never searched for cat food. I've never asked Bixby about cat food. There's nothing on my phone that would ever tell me anything. Do you want a cat? Yeah. <laughs> but Bixby doesn't know that. <laughs> I was asking about an ID buzz. Yeah. So anyway, yeah, it was uh, frustrating. But I, technology tends to get the better of me, when it? Uh, technology gets the better of all of us. I and mean, that's... Uh... <laughs> That's the world we live in. Yeah, master and slave. Yeah. Hey, what's going on in the world of auto repair these days for you guys? You got I me. Mean, you got you. You're overseeing so many garages. It yeah. must do your head in with issues, stuff that's going on, things that are coming through, and you must have a great spreadsheet of potential timelines for repairs of of different things like brakes and you know, yeah. I mean, really in the deep end with this job, to, to be honest. <laughs> um, great challenge and uh, enjoy it and a good bunch of guys around me. So it is a very worthwhile job, but typically across the eight workshops we've got. That's a lot of workshops to manage. Yeah, well, you know, right in the north in Russell came and right in the south in Musafa in Abu Dhabi, so yeah. we're everywhere in between. So it's difficult to get to them all, but typically they're, um, they're fast service and tires. Yeah. You know. So when we say fast service, we're talking oil changes. Yeah, something that's typically not gonna keep you waiting for a part or yeah. off the road. Um, okay. But the Alcoos one, the flagship one, that's where we deal with everything. So we're doing engine changes or rebuilds or transmission repairs, yeah. that kind of thing. So um, that's where the meaty stuff comes to. Okay. But um, yeah, it's just the, it's the usual now, you know, I had a bit of rain, so people actually realize, oh, I do need wiper blades. Yeah. Well, isn't that the craziest thing, right? And and we're, we're coming to you, by the way, from the Rove downtown in Dubai. That's where Potaholics, which you're listening to, the car clinic on Potaholics. Yep. Glenn Power, James Pikeway, and the show carries on. Uh, interlude, little advertisement yeah, there. why not? <laughs> but it's, it's amazing because we live in a desert. Mm-hmm. People think, well, it doesn't rain that often. I don't really need to get new ones. I, I replace my wiper blades every three months. When you need them, you need them, right? Well, it, and I find just driving on the road, I get salt from the beach, I get sand, yeah. I get stuff, and I guess you could be filling up your vehicle at the service station and getting them to clean the windscreen, but I don't typically do that. So no. I'm using, all the time, I'm using the wipers. Yeah, it's, it's funny all the time, you, see it, you know, a couple of days where it's rained really yeah. heavily, and um, 
people coming in for wiper blades. Yeah. You know, um, we had a, we had a lady come in, which was really refreshing. Actually, she came in and asked if we would clean her uh, mirrors for okay. her because right. she'd driven in the rain, car yeah. got dirty, and then she was driving home, and then she couldn't see anything. Right. Okay. The mirrors were so dirty, and it's still raining. So. Um, and I thought that was quite quite good because some people just think, oh, you know what, forget it. Yeah. Out of a way to do the right thing, which is a, uh, which is good. Um, but yeah, wiper blades, you, you really need them. Yeah. You know, and, uh, it, when it rains, especially here, because the day after the rain, yeah, when all the dust has stuck to it, <laughs> there you go. Like that, and it's like, oh man, what a mess. While it's raining, it's not too bad. I know we've talked about this before, and we can go back into car clinic. I think number two. We're we're at episode number nine mm. this time around. Uh, you you obviously sell wiper blades. Manufacturer versus after sales part. You know, is there a big difference? Uh, I mean, I guess if I'm driving my Mercedes, they've got some very specific yeah, wiper blades. Right now, yeah. I'm driving a Wrangler. I'm, you know, do I need a Mopar wiper blade or, or can I go with the Rain-X knockoff brand? It's well, you know, the, there is different levels of quality. We talked about yeah. it. And that might be why I replace every three months because yeah. I'm, I'm going for yeah, the yeah. 10 Durham quality yeah. or the 20 Durham quality versus the 100 Durham quality. Yeah, I mean, it's, it really depends on, on like you say, it, it's that false economy. If the, yeah. if the quality is better and it's going to last three times longer, you're better off yeah. paying three times as much. Right? This is where we get done in though, because brake pads, belts, yeah. wiper blades, consumables, mm. me as the consumer, and you meet me all the time, no, not physically me, but people like me, who are saying, man, you know, I've got a fixed income, my costs are going up, I need my ride, but I don't want to be forking out, you know, over the top, where can I cut a little, a little on my expenditure? And if I can do that with a cheaper part, which in the long run is going to cost me more, but yeah. in the short term, I'm going to save a little bit for dinner tonight. We go that way and yeah. it's that false economy. No, that's it. And look, um, the way I can illustrate it is, let's say typically a normal vehicle we see here, six cylinder, right? As an average, yeah. right? So we get a six cylinder engine in for a service in one of our workshops. The average price is going to be about, depending on the quality of oil, type yeah. of engine, blah, 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 cost of part, genuine, non-genuine, all that stuff. But you'd say an average of about 500 dirhams okay. for, for a sort of intermediate service, right. bit of a check, oil yeah. and filter, that sort of stuff. A set of wiper blades, you can pay 300 dirhams. Yeah. You know, yeah. Do you a, a service on your Range Rover and it might charge you 600 dirhams change the oil and the filter and the, and the inspection and give you a report if the wiper blades need doing and you say go ahead there'll be 300 350 dirhams for buying genuine yeah and that's a big difference that is huge you know when you and, and you know i'd say a set of wiper blades for the average set of wiper blades you're going to be paying for a decent brand we you know bosch are the ones that yeah. we tend to have as okay. the uh, aftermarket um and Borgenbeck. right Oh, I didn't realize. Do they do wiper blades yeah, as well? Yeah, we've got loads of. Because I'm kind of sold over on the Borg and Beck stuff after yeah. having talked to Peter Eagle. Which, if yeah. you haven't heard that podcast, we need to re. I need yeah, to re up one. that one. Yeah. I need to do that one again. Um, Peter came to me. Obviously, the way we had to do it was a bulk order because it was yeah. coming out of the UK. So um, it was like an eight-week lead time. I was new to the company. We already had as a company an agreement with with Bosch, and we were which is a great week, name. Honestly, and we continue to yeah. sell their parts. Some people. And we don't have broken bit parts for all cars, right? But for the transporters and, and uh, other fleet vehicles that we look after, we have broken bit wiper blades. Okay. So um, yeah, but even there, you're going to be paying. You're retailing them out at like a hundred dirhams a set. Okay. Um, so that can be twenty twenty five percent of what you paid for a service, which. When yeah. you look at it like that, oh yeah. man, that's expensive. <laughs> it's a lot of money. When you need it, when yeah. you need them to, to, to work, yeah. Well, I, you're... I couldn't have got to Dubai from Russell Kamer the other morning without that's it. them working. And and the number of people I see driving with vehicles that have windscreen, windscreen wiper blades that are streaking yeah. and that you can't see the truck, you can't see the car, someone's coming from behind, yeah. Yeah, you get dazzled by the lights on the other side. Oh, so that's even the worst at yeah. night. That's yeah. the worst. So it's um, it sounds so... Sort it of, sounds trivial. But yeah, trivial, and it's almost a you know it's treated almost as a cosmetic. Yeah, uh, but definitely, yeah, well worth keeping on top of your wiper blades. Yeah, it's a uh, you know, great message there. Like I said, I change mine every three months, 
uh, pretty much whether I need to or not. Because I just noticed, you know, the, the rubber's going a little bit or yeah. streaking a little bit. And the, the, that streak or that And the sand, the, the, yeah, the, the sand really does wear away yeah. at it. And you, we forget that it, we're constantly getting hit by this fine sand. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, there we go. Hey, Wrangler went through another inspection, got the pass. So I was very excited about that. When's and the next one, Jim? A year. Oh, no, the other Wrangler. Uh, six months. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't fancy him afraid you have to do them both at the same yeah, time. Yeah, no, they're, they're a six-month interval, so I go every six months. But, uh, you know, and it, it's always pins and needles as the guys are putting it up. And, well, I, and it shouldn't be, but, you know, it's always... The one that always gets me. So when we go through a, a, the registration process, if you're listening from outside of the UAE, every year we have to go to uh, a, regis- a registration or an inspection. Yeah, in the UK, we call it an MOT. Okay, there we go. Uh, I, my In Canada, I don't think we do those every year. I don't think you almost never. I mean, when I was living in Canada, you weren't get, I wasn't getting a car inspected, but maybe it happens in another way. But my mother-in-law said the same thing. When she re-registers mm-hmm. a car, she doesn't have to get inspected, but she has new cars, so I don't know. Yeah, anyway... The, the test that always gets me a little bit concerned is the braking test. And, oh, okay. and, you know, when they put it on the little roller and then the guy puts the brakes on and then he, yeah. I'm always a little worried. I'm th- and this time, I don't know, I, was, I shouldn't have been worried. My brakes are new, but I was still worried. <laughs> yeah. So all they're doing there is uh, they're, they're measuring the load um, effectively that the brakes are applying to the car. So they're sort of doing it in reverse. They've got the rollers moving the wheels the car isn't moving under its, the engine power and then uh, they're applying the brakes and seeing how much it resists in terms of load yeah. of the rollers um very clever very simple um but it's basically there these tests are there as, as a level a minimum level of maintenance right. to know that vehicles are kept to at least this level any yeah. vehicle on the road has been at least checked once in the last 12 months to this standard. And Which breaks, I think is a good thing. thing. Yeah, definitely, yeah. yeah. Uh, then, you know, then of course they're walking around with the flashlight and they're doing all the, the regular tests. You know, what's the age of my tires? And I got to say, my tires are two years old right now. They're, they're, they didn't fail. There's no cracks. I mean, I looked at it as well. The, the road wear is okay. Yeah. But I'm running off a pair of tires that personally I think this you know, at the end of the season, I'm going to replace them because yeah. they're good tires. They're still working. But, you know, with, there was a few puddles. And as I was doing some cornering, I was slipping a little bit yeah, more yeah. than I wanted to slip. Yeah, yeah. And I thought, okay, the tires are good. But, you know, as much as I like them, I think I need uh, a different set of tires on this yeah. vehicle. I mean, the, the other thing is it, it's not anyone listening from outside the region at least would think that us saying it gets down to 16, 17 Celsius is, is not cold, but it, it is. And, and yeah. our, our tires are typically warm climate tires. Yeah. So they're very, very um, firm rubber. So when it is cold, they're not as grippy as you'd like. Well, and that could be it as well, because it was cool. The tires weren't as grippy. Yeah. They work great when it's hot, when yeah, it's 40, yeah. they work wonderful. But in the cool, I, and I kind of was going, I, I, I love my tires, but... And they're not the cheapest tires. They're not the most expensive tires. But I said, you know, I think this is a two-year a two-year line on these things. I need to get another pair, yeah, yeah. or another set. So yeah. I'll do that. Yeah, well, come and see me. I will. We'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, uh, we'll sort you out. But it's uh, you know little things that you know, and, and, and at least I know I want to do it. And, and like I said, the tires are good, yeah. so I can plan it into my my budget. Yeah, exactly. That's the that's the that's the best thing um, to do. Really, yeah. because then you haven't really going to worry about, oh, I took it in for yeah, service yeah, and now I've got 3,000 yeah. euros to spend. Yeah. Uh, so if we know, for instance, a vehicle came into us this week and we were doing a 90,000 kilometer service and we know that at 100,000 that vehicle needs its timing belt and water pump changing. Right. We'll tell the customer on the next service, this is required as per manufacturer's recommendation. We've checked it now to make sure it's okay. It is okay or it isn't. And then this is the quotation for you going down the yeah. line. And then they can say, okay, it's yeah. going to take me six months to do 10,000 kilometers. I need to save 3,000 to get that job done. Yeah. It just makes it a lot easier for everybody. Well, and the, and the water pump means your radiator's got to come out. And I mean, it's it's typically, can be, yeah. at, least on, at least on my vehicles, yeah. there's a whole bunch of stuff in front of yeah, that water pump. Yeah, well, your engines are in line. So yeah. uh, you've, you've got to get access to it. It's yeah. at the front, basically, so you can take all the front off. Every time I've had someone deal with anything close to the water pump, 
And, you know, they've said, yeah, the water pump's okay. Well, it might, you know, they give me a hold, but you might need to get it. It's like, you know what? Just do it now yeah, because I'm going to bring it back. And usually they put it all together and then two weeks later, oh, I've got a water leak. Exactly, yeah. And it's nothing they did. It's just things get moved. And yeah, disturb something. Yeah, yeah. we had a, uh, actually a friend of mine. Uh, it was a 996, 911. And it was in for a couple of little issues. And in doing one of the jobs, we took the... Uh, PCV, so the yeah. crankcase ventilation unit and the air oil separator off, put it on the on the bench. A couple of days later, we'd finished the work we were doing, parts had all arrived, put them on, fit everything back. Car goes out, road uh, test fine, yeah. goes back out to go to the customer, and it smokes. Oh smoking, no. Smoking, no. Smoking, smoking. Oil smoke or the oil smoke? Oh no. And what had happened is in disturbing where we'd been in, we'd taken the air oil separator. Yeah, PTV unit out, and it had obviously just stuck the valve open. Yeah, in in being idle at some point on a bench, maybe it was upside down or on its side, oh, or whatever yeah. it was, and we got to replace it now. So yeah. you know, again, same job, big big load of work to do on any yeah. on one of those engines, and and that's just like you say, you get in there, you disturb things, and and consequentially, you've got from one thing to change, you've got three or four. Yeah, it is. <laughs> he's a reasonable guy. Yeah. He's a reasonable guy, and uh, he understood the situation, and, and, it, and it's been it's been sorted, and he's paid, and he's happy, and he's coming yeah. back as it should be. And uh, it was obviously getting to the stage anyway. Uh, yeah, and we, there's no way it can go from zero to hundred in yeah. terms of wear just by right. taking it off. And so he's probably going to notice an increase in power when he drives it. Nice. He's happy and less fuel. Yeah, uh, you know it's going to be uh, a, a noticeable improvement for him. Yeah, but. Uh, Everybody's that reasonable. <laughs> I'm sure. Yes. You know, yeah. yeah. You broke it. You yeah, fix it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. Uh, what would we have done? What, yeah. what could I have said? Yeah. yeah it didn't yeah. smoke when it came in and it left smoking. So, yeah. you, you know, in, in one sense, that's the unenviable part of your job. Yeah. The yeah. enviable part, I always like to think, is you get to test drive and drive around in some pretty great cars. And, yeah. and or, or, as I like to think about it, you get to do some shopping. By having to drive in some people's vehicles, as you do in the, you know, the, the going in to figure out what the problem is, and then making sure the problem's been fixed when you drive the car out to do the yeah. test drives. So you you get to do some car shopping, yeah, pretty much, and and kind of figure out which vehicles you want to own, and which vehicles they're really nice. But you know, having worked on it and having had a ride in it is like, yeah, yeah. rental. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, the one thing this job does do is it makes sure there's only a very, very small group of vehicles that you would think, oh, you know what, if I don't want to have any issues, they're the vehicles I'm going to own. Yeah. But the problem is, unless you're buying brand new, you don't know how they've been treated. Well, that, and that's the other side, right? So, and, yeah. you know, and, and look, it's, it's the way vehicles are made now, they're pretty much uniform mm. in terms of how they're made. Uh, certain materials are different and... and, and Certain manufacturers have different ways of doing the designs and stuff like that. But uh, the reason there's so many established European brands having their vehicles and models copied yeah. by the Chinese manufacturers is because manufacturing processes and techniques are pretty much well, the same. And they're, they're running them like the Volvos. The, the Geelys are running off a Volvo frame. Yeah, exactly. So you buy the engines and you share chassis. And, and the newest Geely looks pretty darn good. The yeah. one that's, there's an SUV coming out. That looks nicer than the Volvo. I mean, the Volvo, no one at Volvo is going to be happy to hear that, but no. it's a pretty sweet looking vehicle. Yeah, yeah. It's, um, it, the, the good thing about road testing the cars, right? So, as you know, like my background was Volkswagen. So, yeah. when I came out. Do, here, so, do you, so, I mean, do you feel you're a little more partial to Volkswagens? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I've, I've got no shame in saying I'm biased. Yeah. No, no shame whatsoever. And, and, and cars should be like that. Yeah. They are affected. There's no reason you couldn't look at a car and say it's a work of art. Yeah. It's being designed by a team sometimes, sometimes yeah. by an individual at concept stage, and then there's engineers and whole thousands, millions of dollars thrown at it to, to get it to the production line. Yeah. It's a piece of art. And, and they should be um, you know, subjective, right? So they have taste with cars. Yeah. And I just like them. They invoke something in me, and, and I went to work for them for that reason. So. That's even better. You love the Volkswagen, went to yeah. work for them. And and now you get to, you know, play around with lots of cars, but the Volkswagen comes in, the heart flutters yeah, a little no, bit. I remember coming here and, and, and I went to work for a company called AAA and, and they were 
known and still are known as a, as a Land Rover specialist. Yeah. And I mean, I can tell you from my time with them that we were seeing cars two or three years old as they finished their warranty. Yeah. Uh, we were seeing those cars come in um, and I can say that they were seven or eight years behind tech-wise. Mm. I was seeing stuff on a on a top-of-the-line Range Rover, which I'd already dealt with on yeah. a 2006 model <laughs> Golf. Yeah. You know. Um, so Volkswagen was just bing! And that happens with a lot yeah. of the German sure. manufacturers. They're, they're so far ahead with technology, they, they do really chuck it out there early. But it opened my eyes to it, but I was always, ah, oh, these are rubbish. These are rubbish. <laughs> these are no good. You know, they're no good. But I tell you, there's, there's not many vehicles that I've seen that haven't had a problem. Of right. course, they come to me normally to be fixed. But the ones that come to us for maintenance after they've been fixed or yeah. whatever it is, how many cars that you drive and think, oh, definitely wouldn't own this. There are a few. Yeah. Some Jaguars just physically can't fit in them. Right. So I would yeah. not own yeah. them, right? Yeah. And my friend's got a couple of old XKs and I can't drive the cars because my knees will break the key off in the right. ignition lock. So these are just things that For me, it's the Jaguars that look like the old Ford Tauruses. There was a, an era oh. of those. I, I don't remember if those were the E-type or K-type. There the, was the um, uh, S. S, to, S, type. S type. Or the yeah. X type. But it was really rounded, and they, they didn't make those for very long. Like those, no. those were a very affordable Jag, and it reminded me of a Taurus. And every time I saw it, and and I'm talking a well, Taurus they, they from were Ford anyway. Right? So, and I, not that I don't like Ford products because I do. Yeah. But at that point. Might as well own a Taurus. But you want something different when you're yeah. on a Jaguar. Yeah, that's, yeah. that's what I'm saying. It's so, it's so, it's, but I've driven every, uh, probably, I've pro every car I've driven, I've probably driven a bad example and a good example now. <laughs> well, which is a good thing. Yeah. I mean, it at least allows you to say, well, hey, this one, you know, not so fond of it because of, and, and headroom and, and knee room it's is a big issue it's for me, huge for many, many people. Freakish when yeah. it comes to size and height. Well, obviously, um, as an as a technician, you appreciate the other aspects of the car. I mean, take so the newer Jaguar XK. It's beautiful. Um, when you get the five liter supercharged, there's very very few cars for that price that you get that amount of yeah. power. They drive great. They repair wise, does it does it does it hold up, or does it need it's, a little bit more tender love and care? The, the thing with the Jaguar, they kind of Jaguar kind of lost. It's kind of lost its reputation as being a luxury car, right? Especially yeah. here. Yeah. It's it's because they do diesel versions in yeah, Europe, yeah. and they they're not synonymous with just being sports cars anymore. People right. just and obviously the time with Ford gave them more mass market. Because um, I used to always think of of Jaguar as a luxury saloon yeah. car. Yeah, yeah, I remember. And I'm still in my head. So when someone says, "Oh, you're going to go in that F pace," it's like you know, honestly, it doesn't really turn my crank. Yeah, well, I, I mean, I I like the idea of the Jaguars, the sporty car. Cause I, you know, I uh, okay. look back at the, the coupe. Okay, the coupes and stuff. Yeah, you yeah. know, and, and it's like with the big long nose out of it. Yeah, and and, and the new XK with that five liter engine yeah. in it, it's ridiculous. Yeah, yeah. I know it's like, but I can't drive one. Right, because I can't fit <laughs> it. Right, but I can appreciate the rest of the car, and it's it's um, it, it is nice to 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 be exposed to all these different kinds yeah. of vehicles. I mean, I you know I take I take a, a position with Volkswagen back again tomorrow. <laughs> Sorry, boss. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah. But, you know, everyone's got you know everyone's, yeah. everyone's got things that you know. Well, you're really lucky too because you do a lot of work with the We Will Fix It fleet, right? Yeah, which is and all it's all Volkswagen. Yeah, yeah. which yeah. which is kind of cool. Yeah, and um, I remember when we used to get those T5s in that they run. Uh, we used to get T4s and T5s, any of the commercial vehicles that came yeah. in our workshop, which wasn't too many because we have, and Volkswagen here as well, have their own commercial vehicle department. Right, yeah. But when we got the odd one or two in, the technicians would fight over them. <laughs> like, no, I want to work on the van. Because there's nothing, there's no there's yeah. no frills on the van. Yeah, right? yeah. There's no, there's no fiddly trims or covers to do. Yeah. There's, everything's there where it needs to be. Beautiful um, and and the diesel ones in the UK were fantastic. Yeah. Used to do do just so much power in them. Yeah, um, but you know, it, it, I'm always surprised we don't see more of those kind of panel vans being converted here into well, more for passenger vans. And they do have a passenger van version of it, but people aren't buying them. Like it's we're, we've been lulled into this. We need an SUV. Yeah, because you're going to go off road. It's like you know, ninety percent of the population never goes off road. 
well, maybe the little spot, you know, a little patch of sand that's going to get them to spinnies from the main road. But I mean, I, I go on a sandy route where, where buses go now. Yeah. So it's like, you know, I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, the Wrangler, oh, I'm going to get up there on the curb of that thing because I'm going to get some life out of this. But the bus is going through too. Yeah, right? no, I, I, I agree on the, uh, on the van stuff. I, mean, I think there, I, I mean, I grew up with vans back home in Canada. I mean, our family was a van family, but we were talking Chevy vans, but mm. it was still a van. Yeah, yeah. And I love the van. Yeah, I, I, I do agree with that. And me and the wife have had a conversation where, you know, if and when we go back to the UK, we would probably just decide comfortable works right for the family, it's so, practical, we just have a van. So you know the vehicle that when I think of vans, and I think of the, the van hybrid, and uh, you know there's some great uh, Honda products and, and stuff like that, but I still love the Ford Flex. It's not a van, but it's not a car. It is a van on a car chassis. I remember the first time yeah. I saw that, and I was yeah. like, why is there a hearse? <laughs> no, we do see a few, they're quite, they are quite popular, aren't they? Here? Yeah, yeah. They're not they're not as common with us in the workshop as as, as uh, even I probably see as many Astros oh, really? as uh, as those but yeah they they are they are good it's just the practicality that I like with the van yeah if somebody again it's the bias thing but if somebody says van or bus to me it's always going to be a camper keep talking we're talking I need to get a, a battery charger for this computer so oh, just man. just keep talking <laughs> it's like it's like my luck just keep talking we're talking so, we're talking vans and and yeah, stuff I, I always I always think of a uh, a Volkswagen van, just because, you know, and I, obviously going by my youthful skin, I wasn't around in the 60s um, to be there for the hippie movement with all the, when it really took off. Um, but even those 60s split screens and, and then, you know, right the way through, I've always liked them. I don't know, I don't know what it is. Uh, it's one of those things you can't really put your finger on, but like I say, it's, it's subjective. People like what they like. I think it was a sad day when they stopped making the transporters, the old, yeah. the old school ones. And they were making them in Brazil, I believe, yeah, or in yeah. Mexico. Into the 21st century. Yeah. yeah. And, then, and then it was just the crash safety. And you, there was actually, we were in uh, Huntington Beach, California, and someone is renting them out as, they've got camper ones. Mm. And they rent them out as, as uh, VRBOs. Yeah, there's a company in Scotland <laughs> in the UK that they've put... Um, because the engines are pretty much the same on the old Porsches, so they put the old they put Porsche engines in the back of them. It's nice. You can go and hire them and go and drive around the locks and yeah. through the glens and, and camp in them. I think they're great. But yeah, they're great. I mean, I. The, uh, I just think the whole van culture, the fact that you could have one that could be equipped to head out camping and you could use it as a you know in the layovers to mm -hmm. traveling and end up somewhere and you could use it as an everyday. I just think it, they're 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 all in one vehicles. Nissan have just done a. Um, basically like a sort of an exhibition of what they can do with their vans their commercial vans and it's uh, they turn it into a woodworking shop nice well so, so my thing is i always say and i say this to my son who's into music i want a van that we can convert into a recording studio mm. so that we could do sit like this we could sit somewhere if if something's going on in a venue could run some cabling out we could have some you know a desk set up in there editing software all there yeah. and just run it all out of a van yeah and he hasn't bought into it yet, but I'm still. I'm thinking. I, I just can't figure out why he hasn't bought into it. Like, yeah. no, it's, it's cool. Like anything, you can do anything with a van. Yeah, anything, and, and and it's great. And like I say, when we go back to the UK, probably not here. And the reason not here is the vans that I like here are purely the commercial ones. Right. And they, they like they, they don't so, necessarily come with the engine transmission combination yeah. I'd like. And yeah. you know, so I'm I'm, I'm getting tempted. To, to head over to, to Colin and Dan next time they're out shopping or next time they've got one that's getting close to its dead dead period to say, you know, let's fire it up my life. They've always got them to sell. The uh, only, the only problem unload one to me so I can deck it out inside and make it into the jeans. Yeah, man. so that's what I mean. So the problem is here. You can buy, so to, for the, for the, in that instance, the T5 and the T6 that they have now, yeah. you can't take um, on as a personal car, oh. it's commercial. Ah. You have to have a commercial license. Oh, that's a problem. Um, you can take the Caravels and the Californias, as you call them, yeah. in North America, and the, and the multivans as they are here. You can take those, ah. but they're all V6 with an auto, and I, I just, okay. and they come with rows of seats, which I don't want. Ah, okay. I'd rather have a box and then yeah, yeah. do what I want with it. Yeah, so, um, yeah. it's yeah. a problem. It's a real one, problem. One of the guys I work with in the UK bought a long wheelbase T4. There you go. <laughs> and uh, 
he toured the whole of Europe pretty much for about two years, isn't it? See, Living fantastic. on bagels and yeah, you know whatever you could barbecue find. out the back and stop yeah, anywhere. Had a shower in there, bed, yeah. everything's in there. It's great. See, it's the way to do it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's common. Uh, question about brakes. Mm. I know we've talked about these before. How, how often do brakes typically need to be changed? And now this is. I mean, it's yeah, what kind of car? What kind of driver? Yeah. What kind of? I mean, but is there? a standard sort of number that we look at and say, yeah, you know, you should be looking at every 20,000 kilometers, you might need to have your brakes. No, it's almost impossible. You really? Can, there's some vehicles with some drivers and you combine the two and you might end up with uh, 10,000 kilometers and you've got the warning light back on again. There's some people and some cars and you combine those and they might do 60 or 70,000. Huh. Pete was talking about the... Um, Stuff, the, the Borg and Beck yeah, stuff. Yeah, the stuff which, that they've done with the, with the research into uh, the taxis because they're going to supply their... Yeah. They've designed a special friction material for this market. Um, one thing that you have to take into account here is the majority of the cars we have here are automatic. Right. So the brakes are under a lot more stress. Okay. If you're in a manual, when you take the foot off the accelerator, the, the engine's braking itself. Yeah. But in an auto, it isn't because it's almost shifted to neutral mm. with no resistance and it's right. just coasting. So all the work of stopping the car is on the brakes. Um, whereas on a manual, you can go down the gears and, yeah. and, and you don't have to necessarily press the brake at all. Uh, so it really does depend. What what we do say and what we can say is that what we need to do with brakes is get them inspected at least once every six months. Okay. So that that you sense. can make sure that there's nothing untoward there. You can make sure that you keep the caliper and any moving parts clean, yeah. lubricated if necessary. Um, and then... One aspect of the brakes that we can say for sure we need to change after a certain amount of time is the brake fluid. We should change that once a year, in my opinion. Really? Yeah. I, I wonder if I've had my brake fluid change. I don't know. Probably what, what, not. I mean, probably. yeah. I know, I know. <laughs> it's one. Of, it's one of those things where you rely on the. Yeah. Service I, I don't know no, if that's. Sam, I don't know if that's, Sam and, and Ray's. They've yeah. been here long enough to know. Yeah. And they've probably, you know, you've probably done a service with them. It's been a major service and they've yeah. done it. They, they, you know, they probably do. And I, it's probably one of the consumables on there because when, exactly. whenever I see those consumables, I kind of go, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah. It's, yeah. It's, it's, it's how much is it going to cost? Oh yeah. Don't forget. There's going to be, there's some labor in there and there's this is like, yeah, it's always, so what's the end cost that you're figuring <laughs> yeah, this is going to be? Gonna cost, yeah. yeah. Can you give me the, can you give me the, the final bill price? Mm. No, it's, it's, um, Definitely do it once a year, break yeah. and that's a good, that's, I mean, that's good sense. I mean, just because it gets corrupted and, and other stuff like that. It gets, it gets such a hard life here. It has to have, it deals with so much more heat than it ever would in a climate that doesn't get as hot as ours. I mean, in right. the summer, it's never below 45 degrees yeah. when it's, you know, and then when you're running the brakes and stopping and yeah. it's getting really, really hot. It, the carbon that builds up in it as, it as it takes dirt off the inside of the lines and the moisture that gets in there just yeah. because of the construction of rubber and stuff like that, that gets into components now and all vehicles have ABS now. Yeah. And those, I mean, it'd be great to, to have one to show, but you open them up and they're tiny, tiny valves and galleries in there. Mm. They get blocked very easily. And once you've got one of those blocks, you're talking four or 5,000 dirhams to get it repaired. <sighs> wow. So, yeah. So better to change those fluids frequently. 250, 200 yeah. dirhams, get it changed yeah. once a year, and you'll probably find you'll never have an issue. There you go. That's, that's good advice. Yeah. And if and you're... The ABS, so the ABS on a car, it probably, when we, when we did the training on it, I remember doing the sort of the more in-depth training after the apprenticeship with Volkswagen, and, and the guys there saying at Volkswagen that on average, ABS will be used once Per person per ownership of a vehicle. Yeah. Because if you need it, it's an emergency situation. Well, and this is the thing. I think a lot of a lot everyone's pretty much got ABS on a vehicle yeah. now, and they think oh, I've got ABS. But you're just using regular braking ninety nine point nine percent of the time, and they, you really notice the ABS kick in. And I had one, you know, about a month ago on on Sheikh Mohammed bin Zayed Road, and someone stopped right in front of me, and it's like, okay, I'm looking side by side. There's nowhere I can get to. I just hammered down on the brakes, ABS kicked in because, and you could hear it because yeah, it was. Feel it through the pedals. Yeah, it was. Hard and it, pumping, pumping, yeah, yeah, and it's doing its job. And the car stopped, like, boom, instantly. And I was like, woohoo, ABS is working. Yeah, I mean, the thing with, with ABS, it, you don't hopefully ever need it. Yeah. But when it doesn't work, 
the car is no longer as safe as it was. Right. Now, ABS extends the braking distance. That's one thing people That's the need other... to realise. Well, uh, yeah. So it doesn't mean you can sit on somebody's tailgate because you've no. got ABS and you can be able to stop no. it. There was a little bit of room between us, exactly. but we were close yeah. enough. Yeah, that it exactly. Was... It means, you know, but if you don't have it, you're going to get a warning light on there. With ABS, your wheels will not... So if you've ever driven a, a vehicle that doesn't have ABS, you hammer down on the brakes right to the metal, to the floorboard, and if you don't have ABS, your wheels will lock up and you will slide. Straight away, yeah. In ABS, you're never going to lock up. Yeah, it's, it's at the point of the wheel stopping and it detects this with the speed sensor and then the rotation of the wheel that that measures is at the point of it getting to zero, yeah. it releases the brake. And that's what that pulsating is through the pedal and why the pedal goes hard because the... The actual pump in the ABS unit is then distributing the fluid yeah. rather than you pressing the pedal. Right. Um, so very, very clever system, being around for probably 30 years. Yeah. I would think in mass market and probably longer than that. I think one of the first uh, manufacturers that I remember using it and really talked about was Subaru. Mm. And you know, four wheel drive and the ABS braking. They were they were talking about that in Canada years ago. And they were, yeah. they were very, very proud of all of it. So Yeah, yeah. yeah no, it's, it's, a, it's a very, very clever system to have designed and um, it spawned all sorts of other things so traction control and you know car journalists don't like traction control <laughs> car journalists don't like I, these things i kind of like it, traction control uh, you know i think yeah. it just has a, it has a good purpose i like traction control because most of the cars i drive aren't my cars yeah so it saves me having to worry about you know it's a bit wet on the road and i'm in a mustang and i've got to yeah. get out of a junction or do a u-turn i'm not yeah. going to be starting the road doing donuts yeah, um, and traction control does that, and most of the time now, some of the older cars. How, how does it work? How does traction control work? Pretty much the reverse of ABS. Oh, so okay. when it detects a wheel slipping, it applies the brake or reduces the power to it. So okay. if you've got um, electronic differentials and stuff, you can yeah. reduce the power to the wheel. But what it typically tends to do is reduces what you're doing with the throttle, so it doesn't actually do anything when you press the pedal, and it also breaks that wheel so that it doesn't slip as you turn. Yeah, nice. And Smart. Stop you skidding on it. And it doesn't work just from a standing start. So if you're driving and you start to skid, it'll kick in. And uh, it's very, very good. You, even, you, and, and the thing with, and the reason motor journalists don't like it is when they're taking the latest Aston Martin <laughs> on the track or a Corvette or whatever it is, they, they can't, even with the button, switch them off 100%. Yeah. The car, cars don't want you to kill yourself. Yeah. So uh, we're not yeah. quite at the. Uh, at the Terminator level yet with machines taken. Well, and, and, and the average person, these things become very useful. So when I was talking that I, I think I might need to get another set of tires mm. at the end of the season. And when I was going around the roundabout where I was starting to slip, the traction control came yeah, on, yeah. saved me. Yeah. And I was kind of going, great, but I just don't want to have to use the traction control. So maybe I need to check my tires. Manufacturers used to be really proud of it. So yeah. you get, you get like, especially in the UK where it's icy, in Canada you have the same, so it's icy in the winter. Start the car, you get the because it's yeah. less than four degrees, yeah. so it tells you it's going to potentially be icy. And then I never seen that. Is that new on cars? I've never seen that uh, before. Some okay. old, old stuff used to okay. get. It, but, so you get in there, you don't see it here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but then, so you get in the car. That's the first thing, and then you'd set off. And typically, in the, especially in the diesel cars, because they're so yeah. torquey, the wheels would slip. The Volkswagen with the front engine, front wheel drive as well. So the wheels would slip, and the light would flash as the traction control was kicking yeah. in. And, and they always said that was to alert the driver so they knew what was happening. Why, when they pressed the pedal, it's not moving potentially as quick as they thought it would. Right. I just think it was because they were proud of it. <laughs> maybe, well, maybe, why not? You know, the, reason, the reason I think that, and the reason I think that is because in modern cars, yeah. it doesn't happen all the time. Uh, so I, I felt it, even on some of the sort of, um, even on stuff that I wouldn't say I'm particularly clued in on. So some of the sort of muscle car stuff yeah. that um, I just see for general work, I wouldn't, you know, um, I don't do too much reading up on it because it's not something that interests me. Um, even those, when you give those a drive and you go out driving those and uh, you'll say we've got one for a vibration at a certain speed and you'll accelerate to get to that speed and you can, as a driver, you can feel the car going yeah. and then you feel it all of a sudden stop and the throttle pedal doesn't work as well and the yeah. brakes are a bit yeah. less sharp. That's traction control. Oh, okay. The lights aren't flashing. Yeah. So um, it happens now. What is all that noise? Do you, is that is that is that coming from outside, or is that is that coming from our devices? It's, it's, it's not me. <laughs> I'm hoping not it's me. not I'm me. <laughs> so I'm wondering if it's. I'm silent too. I think. Yeah, I'm I'm silent. So I, it could be it could be that Microsoft computer over there, the Asus. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, a bit of a backup, yeah. Back up. <laughs> 
<laughs> Something's making noise. Uh, but, uh, <laughs> something's happening. <laughs> We're having a meltdown on our podcasting recording this week. I have no idea. It's just all, it's all, it's all doing this, it itself. Turn this off now. We just mentioned machines taking over and now we're getting this. Oh, man. But yeah, there we go. <laughs> we had another question about aftermarket seat belts. Okay. Do they sell them aftermarket? And so my question to this person asked the question was, why are you asking this question? And simply, they wanted to get seat belts that looked nicer. Okay. Um, and, and my answer was, I'll ask Glenn. Modern cars, definitely not. Yeah. Definitely not. I know they do for sort of, again... I guess if you're getting a Rolls-Royce, you... But although maybe not, because I've been in those cars, and the seat belts look pretty much like every seat belt looks. You're getting a Rolls-Royce, that seat belt's the same as any yeah. BMW seat belt. Well, then that was the one thing I noticed when I was in a Rolls and I was in a Bentley, and I, I just thought, you know, the, the clasp mechanism where you click it in, much like on aircraft that have never changed, it looks just like every car. It's probably made by the same guy yeah. who makes everything. Well, Rolls-Royce built by BMW. There we go, yeah. So Bentley built by Volkswagen Group. And, so it's... Uh, seat belts, look, seat belts, I suppose there should be no compromise on the seat belt as long as it's safe. Yeah. It's going to save your life, potentially. Um, you can get aftermarket ones for some of the classic cars. Mm. Some classic mm. cars, you know, I've fitted seat belts to cars that didn't okay. have them. All right. Um, but when it comes to the modern ones, most of them are pre-tension with pyrotechnics, right. so well, we've got an airbag effectively yeah. that will pull the belt onto you. So we, we've, with our with our own vehicles, when years ago we were looking at changing the seatbelt. In fact, I thought my seatbelts were defective. And it turns out it's just the way they actually work. But in the back seat, specifically when I, on my Wrangler, when we put on the seatbelts, and if you go forward, it then needs to recoil. It does not, yeah. it's, it's not, it doesn't, so the front seat releases, the back seat doesn't. And I thought it was just my vehicle. So we actually went to the Jeep showroom and I said, I'm going to get in the back of some more of these Jeeps and I just want to see. Yeah. Turns out, yeah, no, it's the way the mechanism works. Yeah, it's I annoying remember, too. I remember taking a, uh, a vehicle over to the RTA and it was, um, it failed the test. So yeah. the customer brought it to me and he'd failed his test. Um, and it was an old Cadillac and they failed the test because the seatbelts didn't lock. So they'd go open the door and they'd yeah, pull yeah. the seatbelt and it wouldn't lock. Yeah. And I was like, none of them do. Yeah. You don't, and, and I had to go and explain to him, they worked on inertia, so they worked only when the car moved. Right. So the car was moving and then you pull it, then it would lock. Yeah. Um, wasn't electronic, it was just inertia, just separate yeah. inertia. But when it sat standstill, there's nothing, the, no right. the, the, the weight effectively is in the middle and you pull it and it doesn't lock. Okay. But as the car's moving and the weight slides to the back, then it allows it to lock. What, what is so going on here? We've been on the Ouija board. <laughs> is that coming from us or is that coming from somewhere else? There's a building sign outside. It could be anywhere. Uh, yeah. It's like, how, how would we be getting feedback in here? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. <laughs> but no, seatbelts aftermarket, um, not unless it's a, if you've got pretensions on there. Yeah. which are electronically controlled, then definitely no. Okay. Aftermarket backup cameras. And and it's funny because I was talking to someone who's driving a new Fortuner, but it doesn't have backup cameras. And they were, so the, I said, you know, are you going to keep this car? I think it's a lease. And are you going to get another one? They said, well, you know what? I want a sunroof and I want backup cameras. And I thought, okay, that's... Best world problem. That's what I said. I said, but how's the car? Yeah. <laughs> we, we, we hired a Fortuner once. Um, yeah. Pretty recently. Pretty nice. Yeah, I, well, I, it looks beautiful. So, and Pretty great off road. My problem is that this awful, like, bronze interior. Uh, there you go. I was like, what is this? Well, it, so I just, I, it just got me thinking. I, I mean, I, again, my vehicle's old school. The, the backup camera is arm on the outside and looking over. <laughs> it's, and, and I, you know, I do like having backup cameras and the 360 view cameras yeah. when I'm getting into a really tight parking spot because it really has saved my life many times. But is it unnecessary? No. And, but I did start wondering, are these things easy to come by, easy to install, or yeah. is it a nightmare? So obviously, um, you're going to have to get a screen yeah. 
have some description to fit. There's some that you can put that go over the rear view mirror. I've seen some of those. Okay. Some of the Ford is the standard. It's just a standard mirror, and then half of the screen turns yeah, into the okay. screen. They're yeah. quite cool because that means you're still checking the mirror and your head's up yeah. rather than down looking at a screen. Um, but aftermarket ones are, are quite easy to, to come by. Very, okay. very easy to fit. All right. Very, very easy to fit as long as there's the head unit or the screen that you can then plug it in. You're pretty much just a power, a ground, and then the actual cable, the data cable that will take the video. So easy. So uh, very easy. Um, see sometimes where you get the wires the wrong way around or they'll be upside down and the image is the reverse or whatever it is. Yeah. But um, easy to fix once you've done a couple and people get used to having them, don't they? Well, this is the problem. I think we're getting now to the era where all of these bells and whistles are the expectation bells yeah. and whistles. The you know the sensors and this and that and you know I mean I sometimes get in and get in the parking spot and I've judged it and it's like oh I got another two feet here yeah. I better use them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the three sixty one the overhead. I love that. I love that view. I don't know how that works, but I the BMW and the, and I love those the sensors. Volkswagen Group are brilliant. Yeah, fantastic. In fact, I probably until I I was in an A eight the other day, which had it and it was great. But until I got in that, I think the BMW one was street sensor. Really? Uh, mm. But they're just cameras under the yeah. uh, mirrors, so that and the wide angle, so they look down. But it because it has the image of the vehicle yeah. on the top, it looks like you're looking above. Yeah, right. I think it's great, a great feature. And yeah. and you know, next time I buy a new car, if ever, I'm going to want that feature <laughs> <Yeah>. on there. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. my my vehicles are ten years old. I'm like I'm in the next generation of of technology in my vehicles, and I I sometimes get envy when I when you buy a new car. Gonna be, <laughs> you're just going to be in it for like three days. Your wife's going to be coming out and giving you food. Oh, what does this button do? What does this button Look do? At this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't get a Porsche, man. You've seen the buttons in those things. Oh, you know what I saw actually yesterday? Guy beeped the horn for me. I, I either I was straying into his lane, or I, he just was beeping because we're both driving yellow vehicles. First of all, I'd never buy a yellow Porsche Boxster. <laughs> I, I mean, I was in the yellow Jeep. He's in the Boxster. He was definitely yellow. yellow did not work on that <laughs> Boxster. I got, and it was it was a pretty new Boxster. But I just kind of was looking at, it and I like I like Porsche Boxsters, mm. but yellow they don't work. It just doesn't, and it just didn't no, sound good. It's, it's, it's like, you know, it just it's, doesn't work in yellow. Porsche should be red or black or white, I think. Yeah. Anything other than that, I don't think this is, you know, there's, there's certain colors you associate with certain yeah. brands. Ferrari should always be red. There you go. Lamborghini yeah. should be yellow, orange, green. There should just be something. You're hearing it here from yeah. Glenn Power, yeah. St. Yeah. Ed's tires. But you know what, you know, it's yeah. Not, you, know, you yeah. just associate certain things. Yeah. Yeah. So if it's a Golf GTI, you think it's going to be red. Yeah. Well, this is but this you know this is the best time of year right here in the Emirates, and I see all these convertibles with the roof up. I cannot figure it out. It's like why own a convertible if this is the time of year when you're going to yeah. drive it? And what are you doing? You got the roof up and you got yeah. the AC on. Like maybe they're trying to save fuel. Maybe they're doing. They only use it on on Jumeirah Beach Road to cruise. And, maybe. But because it's too hot for the rest of the year, <laughs> the roof doesn't work. That was the other side. Possibly the roof is. So this is going to be the, the thing. We're going to have this conversation. We're going to start the pod every every week of anything regular in the shop. And in a couple of months' time, it gets really hot. It's going to be my roof on close. Yeah. And we're going to get that. Because it happens, you know. Well, and you know, this is the thing. I So I had Volkswagen Cabriolet manual roofs. And yeah. to this day... I still love the manual roof because, yeah, it's not as funky and it's as not it doesn't have the bells and whistles. But you pull over, roof up. Yeah, yeah. You get you get out, clip clip, roof down. Yeah. As soon as I have three or four motors, or the one motor is in some of these vehicles putting up and down my roof, I get really nervous. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Those motors are working using signals from sensors. Yeah. There's hydraulic lines. Yeah. There's a lot of stuff to go wrong. It's there. it's when you hear the motor going. And it's like, oh yeah. no! Yeah. Pull it the last few <laughs> yeah. Come on, come on, come on, close, please close. <laughs> yeah, you know what happens here? It's too hot half the year, so yeah. everyone keeps them closed, and then it's perfect the other half, so everyone keeps them open. There's yeah. not like there's no in between yeah. where we're from. If we've yeah. got a convertible that's got an automatic roof, you've got to open it for five minutes and have to close it again. Well, it's in the UK. I see a lot of folks in Montreal in the summer who've got the doors off and everything off the Wranglers, and I'm going. Really? <laughs> like it rains. What do you do? You've driven to work with no cover and now it's pouring rain. What do you, what do you leave the vehicle at work? It, it's, it's, I just don't get it. Yeah. I don't even rain. take the doors off mine here. Yeah, you wouldn't do that in I, I cover mine here. Even when I have the roof off, I've got a cover in the parking yeah. lot. 
Yeah. Just keep dust out of it. Cats out of it. Cat, cats too. <laughs> yeah, cats, yeah. Speaking yeah. of, and, and I know Colin uh, listens to the show, and I know he's quite the cat lover. And, and mm-hmm. I, I'm, I'm pretty much assured Catboy also listens to this. So I don't want to offend either of those guys, but there was a cat outside my place last night just making noise. What is that all about? I don't know, but I have the squirt gun oh. that fires 100 meters. It works on compression, like you, you, uh, you pump, pump and, it up. and then you, no, you don't even pump it up. Oh, it's just, you pull it, you, you pull it out and, it, and then you just squeeze the light. And so I wasn't aiming at the cats because that would be mean, but I was in the direction of those cats and uh, they stopped. Staying for the noise. They start, and then start again. I just went out with it. They, they're smart. They said they don't want to go anywhere near water and they just see the stream of water <laughs> and it's, uh, it works for birds too. You know, those, those, uh, those doves, they go, whoo, whoo, not the, not the pigeons, but you know, the doves, those birds are smart. <laughs> because the first time I had to fire some water to, to get them to disperse, you know, they, they were shocked. Now when I walk out with that squirt gun, they see me and they disperse. I don't even have to load up. It's like, boom. <laughs> <laughs> so what happens when so they're that, they're that small? They then go to like, hang on a minute, it doesn't actually fire. <laughs> then I'll, well, I, I did get one one day, you know, it got a little wet and it, it, it did mess up its flying for about a second. And I think it spread the word, that guy's nuts. Uh, don't go near that guy. Don't go there. Don't go there. Yeah. yeah, but anyway. The best thing to do with birds and cats is uh, just put food on the neighbor's garden. Well, that's exactly, exactly. Leave the food over, food over in someone else's house. I, I noticed that the other morning. I come out and there's birds eating food. I'm going, who's feeding these things? Yeah. <laughs> Clearly, whoever's house they were on is they, feeding them. Yeah, they've sent it to you. Yeah, and they're throwing it up on my roof. Yeah, like, there you go, Pike Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Glenn, I think we're going to wrap things Yeah. once again. Cool. Uh, Sandance Tires, where we can find Glenn. Uh, what, what's the web address? www.sandancetires.com there we go. And that's tires, T Y R. I don't know what this question means because there's only one way to spell tires. So. <laughs> I'm not sure. I was thinking in case any North Americans. Oh, well, you need to click on the bottom where it says English US and change it to English UK. Yeah, no, it's spelled the English yeah. way, T Y R. We come to you from the Rove Hotel downtown in Dubai. Potaholics is where you can find us across all the internet sources where you get where you get your downloads. Hey, iTunes, my mother-in-law is on iTunes with us right now. So that's really cool. And one of the other nice things is because we do distribute via Anchor mm-hmm. FM, uh, we're in CarPlay and the Apple system of podcasts as oh, well. So that's nice and easy. So if you're in your car, just say Potaholics and yep. you'll come up where it's with a K. And uh, potaholics at gmail.com if you want to fire us an email. And of course, go to Instagram and Twitter, Potaholics, get in touch and uh, keep up to date with us. Yeah. Glenn, pleasure as always. We'll do it again real soon. Nice Thank you. So long for now. You've been listening to the Car Clinic Potaholics podcast with Glenn Power from Sandance Tire and me, James Pikeaway. You want to get in touch? Find us across all of the socials, Potaholics with a K, or send us an email, Potaholics with a K at gmail.com. It's that simple. We'll talk to you again real soon. Share the link, share the love. So long for now. <laughs>